Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another edition of a Book Club. Content warning before we get into this one, we are going to be talking about intergenerational racial trauma, uh, slavery, death, sexual assaults. Uh... They're all like heavy topics. So it's not that we're going to get into them too much, but they're like still really heavy topics. Right. So take care of yourself. Uh, do what you need to do. Today, we are discussing the beautifully illustrated and written graphic novel and memoir, Wake, The Hidden History of Women-Led Slave Revolts, written by Dr. Rebecca Hall and illustrated by Hugo Martinez. And it depicts the difficult journey Dr. Hall, um, a former attorney and part-time teacher and historian, embarked upon to dig up the lost and erased histories of slave revolts in the U.S. led by Black enslaved women. It primarily focuses on revolts near New York, uh, although there's a bunch of other things going on as well. Um, And New York is Dr. Hall's hometown, so she was curious about it. Um, Or also slave revolts on ships, and it is interwoven with how systemic racism that this country was built upon obstructed her research all along the way, um, and how it impacts her daily life, personally and professionally, especially given that her paternal grandparents were both born enslaved, um, and just how she interacts with the lives of, of people she's teaching or has taught. She delves into court documents, the logs of ships carrying enslaved people, old letters, forensic evidence from bones, and so many other things to track down these erased stories. And it's a really, really great depiction of the struggles of a researcher and a historian to find these stories. Dr. Hall is an activist, educator, and scholar. Uh, She has a history um, serving as an attorney, yes, for low-income tenants and those without homes. She is a writer and a publisher, especially on topics of race and gender. And the tagline is, the past is gone, but we still live in its wake. And the title actually works on a bunch of different levels, which is cool. The art is very, very striking. It's beautifully done in shades of black. It's just, it's kind of hard to describe, but just very, very good. Very beautiful. 
and just draws you in. Right. If you actually go and follow uh, Dr. Rebecca Hall's Twitter, you can see examples from uh, Hugo Martinez's drawing and you'll see what it could be like. I think she does have some excerpts um, in her Twitter because whole other thing, Twitter tried to suppress her book as well. And it did the opposite, which is amazing. And I'm glad for it because that's how we found it. But yeah, if you wanted to see an example without buying the book, you should buy the book. Uh, But um, it is an amazing depiction. And he does an amazing job in um, really uh, showing the depth and the strength within these horrific conversations and tales. And he does it in a way that's not... um, sadistic, I guess is the best word, which can happen pretty quickly in a story like this, which is honest and true. He uh, really makes sure to exemplify the strengths of the enslaved people rather than showing uh, like the disgusting disasters and um, all of the horrifying acts or horrifying things that uh, was happening against them, the abuse and um, the assault and murder that is uh, talked about rather than um, anything else. But yeah, it's a really great illustration. And I think he does a great job in making sure that what her words, her profound words and her words of a lot of depth and feeling that it's translated on these pages. Yeah. And it was interesting. I read a bunch of like interviews and articles about it and about how this was a difficult project for a lot of reasons. But one of them is, you know, how do you capture kind of the the pain um, of like being this researcher and going through this. And it's not like a typical quote, like graphic novel type thing. Like it's, you know, you go to a library and you're doing this research and things like that. Um, so it was very, very interesting. But yeah, okay, very basically, the plot follows Dr. Hall's decision to dig into justice and the history of Black women and deciding to pursue all the stories she could find about Black women-led slave revolts. Um, and it begins with her working as an attorney questioning what justice means in systems that are inherently racist and sexist, um, kind of seeing it play out over and over again. So she decides to work on a dissertation of women-led slave results, particularly in nearby New York. But in search of documentation and evidence, she keeps running into scraps and dead ends, and she is determined to tell these hidden stories and is relentless But this is all happening while she is dealing with the fallout of slavery and racism in doing this research, um, whether it's officials barring her from accessing records for BS reasons or confronting the legacy of enslavement and racism in terms of her students and her child, her own family, all of those things. Um, so definitely check it out. It's not a it's not a long read. I won't say it's like an easy read because obviously it's very painful material, but it's like so powerful and you should read it. <laughs> right. You should read it. So we can say it is a short read, yeah. but it doesn't have to be if you're really focusing on the art right. and the graphics that bring out the story. Mm-hmm. Um, as a plus, uh, I did listen to the audio version, mistakenly thinking that that was the actual book. Um, uh-huh. But it's in a fantastic uh, add-on. I believe they describe it. It's the extended story is the story of the story, essentially, about mm-hmm. how it came out. And it's a full cast, and it has a lot of... Uh, it's, a, it's a full live cast reading, as if you're there and it's a play. You know, you, we've done this often in a fiction, fiction type of um, audio. Annie does it with <laughs> her uh, fiction of the month. Uh, but this is not exactly fiction. It is uh, her her adventure in getting these. So we don't see the uh, results necessarily of what we see here, some of the things that she was able to find finally. But what we do is hear her struggle and her um, 
her journey into getting to this point and releasing and uh, writing this novel. So it's a fantastic hearing. If you get a chance to listen to it, you really, 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 really should um, because it's a whole different experience for the uh, same theme and wonderful take that she has placed on it. Mm -hmm. Great acting because apparently they won and like they're nominated for an... I'm going to call it Audie Awards, A-U-D-I-E-S. Uh, well, they're a finalist for the Audie's 2023 award. So very cool. It's definitely well worth uh, the listen. It's nothing else to hear what she went through. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, I gave the like plot rundown. It's kind of hard to describe though, but essentially you're kind of, you're getting her version of like her researching these stories and then we get snippets of those stories. Um, so it's sort of juxtaposed against each other. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time you name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. So, some themes... I would say, like, at the beginning, you know, you see her working as an attorney and having this question of, like, what is justice in this white supremacist, sexist, racist society when she's seeing, like, these outcomes over and over again. And as I said, like, she was a attorney for, like, low-income tenants. And so she's just kind of seeing this over and over, kind of hearing this really racist, you know, advice of, like, well you have to kind of behave in a certain way so they don't think you're the angry black woman in, in court and all of those things. And having a lot of questions like, well, <laughs> well, what does this mean? Right. I think it's very interesting. And I know... Uh 
there was something that I really touched in on with her. Uh, she was talking about the fact that, yes, uh, immediately they didn't assume that she was the lawyer, that she was one of the plaintiffs or the defendants, and, and having to right. be like, I'm the representative here, please let me by, um, having to prove herself as the educated person who, uh, w- with a law degree, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> unlike many of the uh, clerks or any of them in there, or the deputies, um, but then also having to give advice and seeing the bias within courts. And I've talked about this many a times on Mike about my own experiences uh, being in the courtroom and talking to children and talking about who they were and how things will play out. And she talks to one uh, black woman who is one of her clients, but she also has a white woman that lived in the same building and had the same uh, lawsuit. The white woman got all this money and, and the black plaintiff uh, in the audio. So I'm going to tell you this in the audio. Um, the black woman was like, I, I feel like this is good for me. This is amazing. Like they've already set a precedent. She's like, well, if you want to get what she got, you're going to have to do exactly what she did, which is the white woman tears, uh, pronouncing everything unusually, being very quiet and polite and all these things. Um, Well, she probably would have been already, but like making it be like, be white though. Mm -hmm. Um, And when she... When the woman came to in front of this, she got half the amount that the white woman did. And that's how it goes. And then having the regret of telling this woman, her client, be white, be more mm-hmm. white, be this because this is how this, the justice system works. And I've had this moments where I've told young black kids, hey, I hate to tell you this, and this is going to be the God's honest truth, and I don't want hate, I don't look at this, but because this system is already set up to have you fail, they have already had bias against you. It doesn't matter. Before you walked in, whether it's for whatever or not, this specific group of people, and there were specific people that I would have to look out for for certain types of lawyers, certain types of judges, and who was going to do what, and who had the racial bias, and trying to teach the kid to play the game instead of trying to change the system. And I know Mm -hmm. that's kind of the beginning of why she starts really going into teaching and then really going into research. And I hate that too, that I hate that I was a part of that. And as a non-Black person, it's even worse coming from me. And I hate that I was a part of that system, but doing what I could do at that Mm -hmm. moment. And she talks about that, having that guilt um, and playing into the system and then coming out of it and trying to break that system. And then, of course, this is a whole different conversation, but it hit me real hard when she was talking about this and knowing exactly what she meant. And, Mm -hmm. of course, I feel like my guilt is definitely different um, and my resolve is different. And that in seeing this and how ugly and gross it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do see Dr. Hall kind of grappling with that throughout it, even in, in her teaching and her research, all that stuff. Um, and so she's seeing this as an attorney, decides to get her dissertation, decides to focus on slave revolts led by black women. Um, and there's a quote in there about kind of being haunted by the legacy of slavery. Um, quote, Sometimes when you think you're hunting down the past, the past is hunting you. I was born to tell the stories. So she does describe that. She does describe this feeling of like, I need to find these stories that have been erased and I need to tell them. And they are a part of of my life and my history and the history that's shaping all of this. Um, And like I said, it is a really, really excellent depiction of what it's like doing historical research. This is like, you know, we've researched for this show, but nowhere near this level. Right. So this is from articles I've read from historians about it. Right. <laughs> Saying that this is a very excellent depiction of what it's like to do historical research. And that did set it apart from most 
graphic novels. Like I said, it was kind of a new take on this idea. And that's one of the reasons she talks about, which she also at the back of the, at least the copy I had, there was a Q&A with her. Mm-hmm. And she was describing uh, why she decided to do a graphic novel. And that was one of the reasons. Um, was like, this will be a new way to really showcase, uh, illustrate what it's like to be a historian doing this stuff. Right. Especially when it comes to the limited amount, and we're going to talk more about this, especially when it comes to the limited amount of information, uh, mm-hmm. the amount of information that is erased, and the amount of information people want to hide. Like the the yes. like the odds are stacked against her for so many reasons. And her traveling all over the world, she really does, trying yeah. to get this and hunt down this information. Uh, sounds exhausting, but inspiring, <laughs> but real exhaust- exhausting. Yes. Honestly, I was like, this feels like... Um, I do love those scenes in movies where they're doing the montage and they're like, yes. I gotta go here, I gotta go here, I gotta go here. It was like that. Like, I feel like they should make a show about how she did this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's done the audio and yeah. the book. It's time for a show now. I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, it's it showcases like the traveling of information because this is, she's looking at, you know, before the internet, obviously, but so like on boats or like where did this information end up after it was on this boat? Um, the thought process of like, well, this piece of information is missing. Where could it be? Like all of those things. Um, and then, yeah, this real pain and frustration of the research of finding something like a total dead end or something's completely erased and um, like you'll never know. You'll never know what happened. Um, so it was it excellently depicted that. And then there was also just the, obviously, like the history of slavery and seeing the aftermath of slavery everywhere. And that goes back to, yes, this pain of the loss of history, of erasure, of the question of what gets recorded. And so, for instance, like one of the first things she does is she finds like these names and she finds very brief snippets about them and is trying to piece together their story. Um, and then in the end, it's just erased and she can't find it. And the quote, here's a quote. Um, I can't find her. I'll never know what happened to Sarah or Abigail. Right. And this one specifically to a revolt that happened um, on the state grounds, because we do talk a lot more about um, ships um, and the travel when they're at sea, um, but uh, in the transatlantic slave trade. But what they were talking specifically about a couple of revolts that have happened uh, where they did sentence uh, people to death, uh, enslaved peoples to death and or jailed. And this conversation about how it got lost, and she was trying to find out what happened to these women who were the ones, because they just became numbers, essentially. And, and the pain of them just being numbered and being property in itself uh, is horrendous. And also knowing, and we're going to talk about this, is like her family, immediate family members, essentially, had experienced something to this and that that was not too far from her generationally. But like in the conversation that she was trying to discover who did this, who was this, who who did this, and having a few names to the many that died, and then not even having the correct names and not even being able to like finding some information just enough that you know partially what happened, but not the ending. And the trauma of not being able to have a resolve in something that uh, heartbreaking and something that is so triggering in itself that that she had to go on this journey without any resolution. Right. And that's another thing that I thought this book did an excellent job at is really showing the physical impact mm-hmm. of researching something so horrendous, of, of researching something that directly impacts you, that is in your family, 
of like she experiences nausea. Uh, she just talks about like pain in her body and being so exhausted and in her mental health and having these questions and like these physical things that are happening uh, to her because of this research she is doing, which I think is really important to to recognize. Um, and then there's also several instances of her trying to do this research very like legitimately doing nothing wrong, but these white officials blocking access to documents. Mm -hmm. So we see it in the United States when uh, I believe it's like an archive she's trying to go to and they're like, no, 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 you didn't go through the right procedures. We can't let you in. And she's like, but I, I kind of did. And also I have a flight. And they're like, no, 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 no way. And then she does travel to the United Kingdom and is like, you know, trying to get some documents from museum and and the officials, the white officials there are very like, oh no, we don't have any. We, we were good in abolition. Don't you remember? Very, very defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she goes to visit Lloyd's of London and try to get their archives. And Lloyd's of London got started uh, insuring uh, slave ships and still around. Right. And, you know, <laughs> just, they just flat out refused. And right. she told them what she was doing and here's why. And all this, like, is totally legitimate. <laughs> like, they had no reason not to let her get that information, but they absolutely refuse. So this is another thing she's constantly fighting with to get to these stories, of which many of them, she might finally get that information and it's just not there. Right. And that's, I think that's part of the reason, and I know she talks about this, is that the focus is partially on her trying to get this research. It's because of the way she was railroaded, essentially, by white people who may even claim to be allies. Like, she talks mm -hmm. about how, again, she comes to the UK, and she's like, everybody's so nice in comparison to what happened in the US, but uh, the black community in the UK were like, they're just being nice to you because, uh, you know, you're you're... They're trying to play nice while you're here because you're a visitor, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and that it is not a, that wonderful as they would want it to be and it make it seem. And we've talked about that, the different biases that happen in different areas and regions. And just because it seems nice doesn't mean that's the truth of it all. Just because there may not be a focus on some of the things that happen in other places doesn't mean that discrimination and racism isn't there. Uh, but I really do think it's interesting that we talk about people who make money, with, which insurance companies have definitely been reamed over the coals as they should be continuous because it is an ugly, ugly trade and business. And it's fairly racist and discriminatory today. So knowing that, that they're trying to hide some of that history that absolutely was making money off of the backs of enslaved people and their deaths um, and their demise and their murder, all of that, and their um, profiting and the white people who profited off of that. It's a horrendous and ugly business, which to a certain degree, they still do that today. That's a whole different conversation. Don't get me started because you know I will. But that what we see in her conversation is that it's so hard to even get past those blocks that had already been set up by white supremacy from way back when, from the beginning, essentially. For her to find information, there hasn't been much progress in breaking down the white supremacy to tell the truth about the enslaved people and the revolts that happened. Right. And on top of that, another thing that she touches on um, is these myths around, like, you know, enslaved people didn't resist, um, or other stories 
that are basically just deflecting the blame from anywhere where it should be, which was the white slavers and people propping it up. But that being so important, it's like this clarity when telling the story of enslavement um, and why it was one of the one of the reasons why she wanted to do it, even though it was so painful and it was so difficult and all there are all these things in her way. And she did find some facts that sort of were telling her, like, oh, yes, I knew I was on something. Um, one of them is um, one in 10 ships of enslaved people experienced a revolt. And here's a quote. The more women on board a slave ship, the more likely a revolt. So again, where is that history? She's like found this, mm-hmm. but there's no, the stories aren't there. And one of the reasons that she and others think that this is, is in part because of gendered stereotypes that women aren't a threat. Uh, so they were forced to stay on deck near weapons and also where they could be sexually abused. But this allowed, this was a way that they could lead these revolts. Um, right. And she talks about the fact that many a times that the white uh, slavers and those on the board on ships really were naive, thinking that women wouldn't do anything. And right. so, therefore, they just really let them be. Uh, of course, they talk about the horrendousness of uh, the activities that happened on board when they were released and why it was so uh, horrific. And, of course, that that to me is like, that. yeah, a lot of the conversation that she has in the books is that many of the enslaved at that time would rather die than go into this horrific situation that they know is even more awful than could be told and that 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 there was no other options, knowing that in the sea they would die, but Mm -hmm. that would be much better than what they would have to suffer in the mainland Mm -hmm. and then in the colonies at that time. And we saw that during the revolts in, in many of things. They talk about um, Indian Sam and um, the, the unknown woman in uh, the beginning of the book, which is one of the big revolts. And they talk about how she could not find this woman and who she was and where she came from, but both were uh, prosecuted because she had gone and uh, her and um, Sam, who I believe was a Native person who was enslaved as well, um, that they would rather die than continue the way they had. Um, and it, they they uh, took out the entire family because they knew if one one was alive, that they would still be under ownership and would still be horrifically abused and enslaved. So all had to go. Um, and it was an interesting, in my audio version, they do have an ena- enacted, they enact the whole story. Um, and it's interesting how they hear, it, what the ch- they even bring the children of uh, the white uh plantation owners, they have that as a part of the conversation and then have the conversation between them about why this is so important. We also find the gendered uh, prosecution, essentially. The woman is uh, burned at the stake while the man was hung. And it was during that time that this had been uh, where the women were under property, whether they are white or um, of, of a different race, they were under the property of their husband as well. So therefore, as property this was treason to go at. Instead of just murder, it was treason. Um, So they had a different type of punishment, which I found interesting as well. And apparently this was the revolt, according to Dr. Hall's um, research and the book, that became a whole decree about how to keep revolting uh, enslaved people in line, quote-unquote, and had a specific punishment for them. And that was the beginning of prosecuting insurrectionists, as they called them. Yeah.
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And then to go back to your point, there is a, a pretty upsetting and moving scene where uh, Dr. Hall is teaching. And she's recommending Beloved, mm-hmm. uh, Toni Morrison's Beloved. And uh, one of the students comes up to her afterwards and is like, I already read it. Can I please not read it again? Like, <laughs> like I, it was great. I'm glad I read it, but it's a very difficult read. Um, and uh, later, Dr. Hall is at her home and kind of looking at her young son. Mm-hmm. And thinking like having this really emotional moment of I can't. She's struggling to come to terms with wanting a child, thinking it would be better for a child to be dead <laughs> rather than be live in slaves, right? It's because of the book, um, and that's just another example of that trauma, that racial trauma, intergenerational trauma, uh, and the things that she, in her own professional and personal life, right. has to deal with. Right. Yeah. And along with that, they do talk about those who are raped uh, by the plantation owners and the um, colonizers. I'm going to call them colonizers because I don't want to call them anything else um, at that point in time and uh, how they did not want to bring that to life, essentially, which was uh, done out of hate and anger and, and like, like abuse and ownership and all of these things uh, as a way of power to control power over women. Um, they even talked about a specific woman who was a leader of the area and how they get, sent homage to her and revolted in her name uh, because what they did to her, they pretty much worked her to death, as the phrase, um, which is seen often in that conversation and how she had been someone that had saved so many of the enslaved people at that point in time and how they all did it in her name. And then one of the things that she helped with was trying to get rid of unwanted pregnancies um, by rape. 
and sexual assault, which was all too common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that is something that was present in a lot of the, in, in this book, was Black women honoring and supporting other Black women coming together, coming together for these revolts or coming together for something like that. And then you get to see it on a really personal level when there's almost this, like, memory of Dr. Hall reaching out to the memory of her grandmother Mm -hmm. uh, about surviving enslavement. And it's a really beautiful, like, back and forth that they have uh, where Dr. Hall is just trying to understand her grandmother and and what happened to her and um, her life and make it relate to what she's going through and what she's trying to do and these stories she's trying to tell. Um, It's very, very moving moving scene. All right. She uses her as a guidance. And I loved mm-hmm. I loved every bit of that. Like praying for her uh grandmother's spirit to guide her to these truths because she was having so many roadblocks, but knowing that this is something that she was supposed to do, that this is something that's been calling to her, that all the rejection and that all the racism that she has dealt with in her path, uh while it came to teaching and all the pushbacks uh while she was researching, that it was for a purpose and that her grandmother who who was uh finally freed um through all that enslavement and and was the major patriarch and push for not for only for the family, but her father specifically. And there's a beautiful exchange uh, where we see a flashback between her father and his mother and his father and how they really grew. Um, And I think they were part of the big great migration uh, because they had been threatened uh, bodily harm and then constantly taken after. They were talking about having to deal with the Ku Klux Klan by one of the great grandfathers and how he dealt with it and what that looked like and really trying to start over um, and unfortunately doing what they had to do in order to survive, um, but still having the spirit of the grandmother who really kept that family alive with her hope and her, obviously, uh, power and a constant work to provide for her family. But it was a beautiful exchange in, the, in, in this conversation of all the darkness, of light growing out of that darkness. hmm Yeah. It really was. Um, and then the book does a really excellent job of just pointing out all of these things and how they are still in present uh, in our society today. So it ties it together with uh, current police violence, against uh, the Black population. Just like all these current issues that are from, that we can't, like, erase <laughs> as much as people try to, right. uh, the history of that, like, it's still here. It's We're still feeling all of these impacts, and Black people especially are still feeling all of these impacts. Um, so it's a really good, like, tying together of why it matters that she wrote this, that she did this research on all of that, and that we all know it, and how it is still here. It hasn't gone away. Yeah, and obviously with things like her book that, again, uh, kept getting suppressed um, on social media, as today we've talked about the conservative pushback to learn these truths because people are afraid of what they will look like and which is exactly what we talk about why people are blocking um, archival things because they don't want to be held responsible 
or they don't even want to be uh, shown to be, be even associated with that light, which I found it interesting because I had a moment of thinking about um, what happened with the Nazis and the Holocaust and how Germany's response, and we've talked about this before, was completely different. Um, of course, there's still people who want to try to deny it and hide things, but the information is a little more seen. Um, and that's an interesting look at what has happened when things can actually be learned well, hopefully people don't make the same mistakes again or watch out for warning signs and what happens when we try to ignore history. Um, and I find that interesting that we know so much less of something that was so prevalent, not even that long ago, that 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 uh, happened to so many groups of people across the world. And, and this is um, unfortunate that she had so many roadblocks that she can't even give the proper credit and names, but has to fill in the stories with some of the facts that she got, um, which are amazing. And the, the art is amazing. It really just brings it to life in a way, in a different perspective. But again, that the fact that we have to struggle to get to these points. And we've talked about it before, how little history that we know of those uh, marginalized communities and how often they do try to hide it. And hopefully we will get more and more people who do do the hard work um, yeah. like this. And we are so grateful for that we would continue to make sure it is being spread that's so it won't die out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Um, obviously, like the questions in the back are really great too. Her answers to the questions in the back, really good. Um, the audio that Samantha was mentioning. So there's a lot of stuff here to like really paint a full picture of what all of the difficulties of this getting made. But it's so important and it's so well done. Um, so can't recommend enough. Go check it out. Go buy copies. Do it now. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, in the meantime, if you have any suggestions for what our next book club pick should be, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I've Never Told You. We're also on YouTube now if you want to check it out that way. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.